The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans, and welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and basically everywhere else you go to find your podcasts. You can find the voice of myself, John Boccasino, and my venerable colleague, Jamie D'Amico, joining us here on the program. Jamie, welcome back. It's always good to have my co-host and colleague on talking Buffalo Bills football during the offseason. Thanks, man. It's good to be here, and I love it when you call me venerable. It's just, it's a compliment that I don't get anywhere else. Well, see, you know, we're here, we're not only here to feed Bills fans, I'm here to pump up my fellow colleague here who uh, does such great work here on the podcast, and uh, it's been, it's been kind of, we're trying to keep our heads up, Jamie, I'll be honest, I'm still fighting some of the PTSD from the uh, the wild card loss, but getting a chance to chat with you and interact with our fans here on the pod, it's always nice to kind of sit back here and uh, and just, you know, focus on the future, because the future is definitely bright. I feel for our Buffalo Bills. Well, I I feel good about your positivity. And with the kind of validation you're supplying me, I can probably get off my antidepressants. This is good, man. (laughs) I, I am here, Bills Nation, Bills Mafia. We are here to talk about what is bothering you. If you ever want to get involved with this podcast, unfortunately, we do not uh, do a live feature like the Q&A uh, pod does, but you can always send us your ideas for show topics. If you want to you know, get involved and pitch, a, pitch an idea for us, feel free to find us on social media. I am at John Boccasino, that's B-O-C-C-A-C-I-N-O, and Jamie, of course, is at the Jamie D'Amico, that's J-A-M-I-E, D-A-M-I-C-O. Please feel free to get involved with us. We would welcome your feedback. You can also comment on the podcasts that are posted on buffalorumblings.com with your thoughts on our show topics or a future topic out there. We welcome that feedback. And Jamie, I don't know how you feel, but I would love to maybe one of these days do a live podcast on remote somewhere whenever you're up in our neck of the woods and we could have our fans come out for a meet and greet. (laughs) That actually sounds amazing. We actually have thousands of listeners per week, which is a number I never thought we would see, but you know, we're not quite Nick and Nolan yet. Those guys are amazing and justifiably they have a huge audience. We're getting there, man, in both skill set and listenership. <laughs> so whoever is out there listening right now, 
understand we appreciate you and we do want to we do want to have the conversation with you on Twitter um, that that's going to make the offseason a lot more fun than just hearing us bloviate topics that we come up with. Yeah, we I mean, look, as fun as this is for you and I, we really do want to serve a purpose out there. So if you want to get involved with our pod, please feel free to welcome uh, your, your comments and your feedback. As we all know, there are three Buffalo Bills who are uh, competing in the Pro Bowl down in Orlando. It's Tredavious White, it's Tremaine Edmonds, and it's Andre Roberts. And, uh, you know, they're down there. The game, there's been the skills competition taking place. You know, the game is tomorrow. And not many people really care about the game anymore because you have so many substitutions and it's really just a glorified scrimmage. But there was one thing that came out of the Pro Bowl that I thought was a really fascinating uh, topic. Greg Allman of The Athletic interviewed the players who are on the Pro Bowl rosters on a wide variety of topics uh, leading up to the game. And one question in particular that really should capture their attention was, what is the worst NFL city to travel to during the football season? Well, it turns out that Buffalo was the city that received the most votes. Ten players of the 29 surveyed said that Buffalo was the runaway winner as the worst city to travel to during the pro football season. Now, I find this interesting, Jamie, for a couple of reasons. One, it's not like the players are spending a week immersing themselves in the city of Buffalo and all the great activities. Buffalo has come quite a long way. I'm 38 years old and I grew up in Rochester. I recall a time when Buffalo was down on its luck. It was a dumpy place. And Buffalo has really come quite a long way uh, in reinventing itself. You know, the harbor areas, the, everything by the waterfront is beautiful. There's great development. There's fun restaurants. You know, there's so many great places that you can go to get a good meal, get a good drink. The Elmwood area. I mean, there's awesome places in downtown Buffalo to go visit and hang out. So I kind of feel like this survey is a little slanted because A, these people are coming in And really, they're here for 24 or 48 hours at most. And besides going to their hotel room and going to the stadium, there's not really a lot of time to explore the city. So I'm sure a lot of it's probably based on the cold and the snow factor. But to me, I just thought this was kind of a a piece of shit survey, to be honest, because really, what makes Buffalo worse than, say, Oakland or Green Bay or Cincinnati? I mean, to me, I kind of feel like this is a skewed survey. I think that at some point, perception becomes reality in life in general. And at the expense of sounding like Colin Cowherd here, um, talking about life and you know the human brain. But you know, I, I think when you're talking about cold weather small towns, they automatically get a bad rap. And obviously Buffalo and Green Bay are the cold, have the reputation of being the cold cities and are also the smallest towns. People just sort of look at them like, you know, it's a, it's, it's a one horse town where we can't do anything. There's no nightlife, yada, yada, yada. Um, But I I think you're correct that it's, it, it, pretty much means that players aren't paying attention because they don't they don't have they don't have a chance to get away. It goes back to what Marshawn Lynch said many years ago when he played in Buffalo that when he said the women are ugly and the team should move to Canada because there's nothing to do. Um you know, it, I I think it gets a bad rap, but unfortunately, I think that it probably does hurt to a degree that this perception is out there in that free agents may not be as 
interested in coming to Buffalo because they're looking at places like Miami where you have access to South Beach and the club scene and the women in bikinis that are, you know, surgically modified to look amazing. You definitely don't get that in Buffalo. What you have is a rabid fan base that absolutely loves their players. And that's something that this current Bill squad talks about regularly. There is an article in the Players' Tribune written by Dion Dawkins talking about, wow, this is absolutely amazing. I feel incredible when I go out in public. The respect that we get, the the love that we get from Bill's Mafia, the support that we get from them is unlike what you see in the rest of the NFL. And unfortunately, if you're a visiting player, you don't get to experience that. And I think that's why it's coming in that way. I would think that a place like Phoenix, where the Cardinals play, where the crowd is generally completely disinterested, would be a far worse place to to go to because, well, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm catching myself here because maybe that's a good place to go to if you're an opposing fan because you don't have to deal with... I'm sorry, if you're an opposing player, because you don't have to deal with the rabid fan base. Do you think that that plays into it, that it's miserable going to Buffalo because they hate the fans? Yeah, I, I honestly, Jamie, I think that's a large crux of it is the fact that Bill's Mafia is incredibly passionate. And, you know, you if you're an opposing player, I would imagine this exactly being ranked on what you were talking about when it comes to the experience. I mean, they talked about the locker rooms and we all know that, you know, New Era Field is not the newest facility being built in 1973. It's one of the top five oldest venues in the league. I'm sure that plays into it for sure. But I'm also sure a lot of it is the way that the players are treated. And, you know, from the minute when the bill, when the bills are four and 12 or when the bills go 12 and four one day, one constant is the fans are always on the opposing players. They're jeering them. They're loudly cheering on their boys. And I'm sure that it's represented in this survey for the bills being a really tough place uh, to play as well. So I feel like this actually uh, could be a, a point of pride for bills fans. The fact that, you know, we were voted the worst city to travel to because players know that when they come here, it's going to be a loud, hostile atmosphere. And unlike Oakland, where you actually might get stabbed for uh, for being an opposing player out there with how moronic their fans can be. Bills fans, yes, we throw people through tables during our tailgates, but we're also respectful of the game, I feel, and very knowledgeable. And I think that's what this survey is all about, the fact that the Buffalo Stadium playing at New Era Field is a hostile place and a hard place for opponents to play. And I don't know. I mean, again, the fact that like it's, you know, the the, the players don't feel like they enjoy. There's no charm. And one player said and, and Buffalo has all the negatives of Green Bay. Well, OK, if, if you feel that way. But I think the Bills are doing a lot to change that culture. And you always hear the free agents like Jordan Phillips talking about the love of Buffalo and wanting to come back here and and play again. And, and I think that that's really, you know, when the team was lost during the playoff drought, this might have been a really tough, it was a tough place for free agents to want to go. But I'm hoping that we've turned the corner with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and company that this is now going to become a destination for free agents because of the fact that the culture is fantastic, the fan base is very supportive, and the team is on the rise after witnessing their 10-6 and record in 2019, and there's a lot of young talent coming back. So I just think this is a fun topic during the the week between the Super Bowl and the conference championships to get people talking and Bills fans are all riled up on Twitter and I get it. You're passionate. Buffalo fans defend their city 
like very few fans I've ever met across the country. And I respect that pride. And I think that that's just what's, that's what you're seeing when it comes to people defending their city, that it's not this crappy place. People take a dump on it. And the ones who do don't know all the benefits of being in Buffalo. I haven't been to every NFL city and you're going to have to forgive me for being a little snarky here, but I've been to Kansas City and I don't see how it would be preferable to go to Kansas City over going to Buffalo. Just don't see it. Well, actually, Jamie, that's a good I'm glad you brought up Kansas City. I actually was just in Kansas City for a work trip presenting at a conference this week. And, you know, the city is is chiefs crazy. There's pop up stores everywhere. I didn't get a chance to go to the championship game because I wasn't I wasn't down there at that point. I watched the games from my home up here in, uh, in Seneca Falls. But I was down in Kansas City from Monday through Wednesday and flew back on Thursday morning. And, you know, you could just tell I me mean, the city's gone mad for Kansas City and the Chiefs. They love Patrick Mahomes. They love Andy Reid. There's so much, you know, passion for that team making the Super Bowl. And like we've heard for a while, the tailgate experience is 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 great. And Kansas City is a really supportive fan base. But yeah, I see Kansas City and Buffalo being on very the same plane because it's not like there's a thriving nightlife. It's not like, yeah, their barbecue is fantastic, but I would put up, you know, our wings and our food up here in Western New York against, you know, Jack Stack and other Kansas City barbecue institutions down there. So I would agree. I feel like Casey and Buffalo are, are neck and neck. But the fact and just to give fans some perspective too, the ones who are listening to our podcast, the other cities, Buffalo was the runaway winner with 10 votes on this survey out of 29 players. The other ones that got votes, Cincinnati and Green Bay and Oakland each had four votes apiece. To me, all three of those make sense. Cleveland had three votes and then Kansas City, New England slash Boston, Seattle and Tampa Bay round out those uh, franchises receiving votes in this quote unquote confidential survey. So to me, it's a talking point. I think Buffalo is is a fascinating place. It's a great place to be. It's a, a city that people rave about when they're here. It's very underrated until you live here. And hopefully winning will change that perspective out there of it being a destination for the free agents. And allow me to just sum it up with one final thought on this subject. Uh, for those 10 voters that said Buffalo is the worst, screw them. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, speaking of free agents, we uh, had a nice, fun, deep dive Last week on the Believe podcast, talking about the big three being guard Quinton Spain, uh, defensive end Shaq Lawson, and defensive tackle Jordan Phillips, and what the Bills should do with their preeminent uh, free agents heading into the class of 2020. Now it's time, Jamie, to do a deeper dive into the rest of the free agents. There are still 13 other free agents to discuss. As we talked about, the Bills have roughly $60 million uh, that they can spend on this free agent class. Of course, you're factoring in contract extensions down the road for uh, Tredavious White, who is going to need a new contract. 
Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde are going to be up for contracts pretty soon. There's a lot of Buffalo's own players, Matt Milano, that are coming up on free agent deals. Josh Allen becomes a free agent after the 2021 season. Uh, so there's a lot of players that are coming up that Brandon Bean's going to have to have some tough decisions on how to spend his money. We are here on part two of free agency to talk about the other 13 internal free agents that the Buffalo Bills have. Now, one of them, one of the names on the unrestricted, who are the ones that can do whatever the hell they want. They can re-sign with the Bills. They can test the waters of free agency. Um, There's 13 of them, and one of them you can cross his name off right away. He's linebacker and special teamer Lorenzo Alexander, who has already decided to hang up his cleats. After a fantastic career, especially here in Western New York, he really seemed to reinvent himself. It was a lot of fun watching the one-man gang out there. He's a great individual. We wish him nothing but the best of luck. But Zoe is gone. He's retired. He's off into the sunset. There are a couple of other free agents on the unrestricted free agent list that we can talk about. There is one restricted free agent, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, the wide receiver. He has exactly three years of NFL service time. He can either receive a contract tender by the Bills and he can choose to sign it. Or um, if he chooses to, if the team chooses to not match the the, the, the offer out there, uh, he can become a free agent and go test out where he wants to go for the 2020 season. That's Isaiah McKenzie falling under the restricted free agent. And then the exclusive rights free agents, there are three of them who fall into that category. These guys only become free agents if the Bills opt to non-tender them at a salary that's equivalent to the league minimum for the player's age. Most likely, these ERFAs are all going to be back in camp because you know there's one exception I can think of that we'll get to, but these guys are not going to cost a lot of money, and two of the three are proven contributors. Uh, the two, in my opinion, are Robert Foster, the wide receiver and gunner on special teams, and cornerback Levi Wallace, while Jason Kroom is the third one that I feel is just not going to be back uh, in Buffalo next year. So, Jamie, I know we're kind of winding our way through this free agency topic, but I want to dive into these unrestricteds first and get your thoughts on which ones you would bring back if you were the Buffalo Bills. So let's start with a guy who plays an area and a position of need for this team and I feel like is one of the guys the Bills should bring back. He's cornerback Kevin Johnson. Where do you stand on the former first-round pick? Kevin Johnson has been a player who ultimately let go by the Texans because you know, he, he had a hard time being on the field due to the injury bug. He comes to Buffalo. He was a fringe starter. He stepped in for Levi Wallace when Wallace was struggling, uh, taking about 50% of the snaps late in the year. Uh, he's shown that he is a solid spot starter. He has kind of a slight frame. I think that this is the kind of guy who was playing on a one-year sort of prove-it deal, and I don't think he showed that he is – a, a, a definite starting caliber player, uh, though he can give you some good reps out there. I think that this is a player who they can get for another one-year contract and not break the bank in order to get him. I think you have to bring Kevin Johnson back. With Levi Wallace looking shaky this year, I think cornerback is a sneaky position of need. In fact, it's not even that sneaky. I think the Bills need another starting corner on this team. And because Levi Wallace is nothing more than depth in my mind, I think you need to do what you can to build out that cornerback room. And 
you need to re-sign Kevin Johnson. I agree with you that cornerback is a sneaky position of need. I mean, everyone assumes, you know, you've got this lockdown Pro Bowl corner and Trey White, and you do on one side of the field, but the Bills need to really figure out who is going to man the opposite outside cornerback position. <clears throat> to me, Levi Wallace is going to be back. I think all I think the two and again, we'll get to him later. I think Levi Wallace is going to be back with the team. It makes no sense to not bring him back because the cost is minimum. And, you know, I was doing some number crunching on this, Jamie. Levi did have a solid second half of the season. He really got burned early in the year. But I think he was a little bit, you know, his his completion percentage against was not great. He allowed 66% of the passes thrown his way to be completed he gave up three touchdowns. That's not good. That is not a good stat to give up 66%. But the last five or so games of the year, he made strides. He got better, I thought. He's never going to be a starter, I don't think, in the league. His his rookie year was a blip on the radar. I feel like it was a, an anomaly versus the, the consistent truth moving forward. But I think there's still some value to keeping him as a depth corner, as your nickel corner, as somebody who can can take some reps and, and, and spell your starter. To me, I do want to see Kevin Johnson come back because, you know, he made it through a 16-game season for the first time since his rookie year. He clearly was the second-best corner in terms of his coverage abilities. He also had a higher completion percentage against than you'd like to see at nearly 60% on the 44 targets, but he did not allow a touchdown in coverage. He also was a solid special teams contributor, uh, logging the fifth most snaps on special teams for the Bills. And to me, I feel like I want to see more from Kevin Johnson. Uh, We know how stressed uh, the passing game is here in this modern day NFL. And, you know, it was a low risk, high reward deal last year. I think the Bills should do everything in their power to bring back Kevin Johnson for at least one more season, because I do feel like he's a better corner overall than Levi Wallace. Now, this is not to say the Bills could not improve the cornerback position in free agency by going after one of the many free agents, but I worry that that's going to really break the bank because we know how valued corners are in the NFL these days. So to me, bring back Johnson on a short-term deal that wouldn't cripple them when it comes to their free agency money and would keep more consistency because the one thing that this room and and the cornerback position could really use is more consistency outside of Trey White. To me, I think Kevin Johnson showed enough this year that he can be that guy who can, I think he can start opposite Trey White and I would have no reservations. Well, good, good, good. We're in agreement. Look at that. You know, we don't always agree on things. Last week, we differed on Jordan Phillips and uh, and, Sh- and and Quentin Spain out there. But I think for for this conversation, Kevin Johnson should come back. We talked about, um, you know, so I, I, again, to me, the way this roster is constructed, Jamie, um, the next position I really want to go to. And maybe I'm going to catch you on, catch you by surprise on this one. But I want to talk about another unrestricted free agent in Kurt Coleman. He's not a marquee name uh, that Bills fans might think about and safety might not seem like it's a a very dire position of need with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. But to me, I think Kurt Coleman is another guy who the Bills can bring back on a really team-friendly contract for maybe one more year. He's 31, so he's getting up there in age a little bit. But I don't know. He's familiar with Sean McDermott and the defense of Leslie Frazier. He contributed fairly well both in special teams and as a, a safety off the bench who can 
come in and play both positions. And I don't think he's a liability when he's in coverage. And I don't think the cost is going to be that high to bring back a guy like Kurt Coleman. I, I see the value in a, in a Kurt Coleman. I'm ready to cut him loose, though. I think with the uh, with the solid play of Dean Marlowe, who's a safety, and Jaquan Johnson, who they've been high on, who was a draft pick this past season, he showed well in the last game of the season against the Jets. I think that it would be a bit redundant to bring him back. I think that that's a position where you maybe bring in a a younger free agent or um, a, a draft pick or an unsigned or I'm sorry, an undrafted free agent and you roll the dice there. I just don't think there's a place on the roster for him as uh, Jaquan Johnson develops. Fair enough. I would I would agree that with a rookie that's been drafted by the regime, there's a lot of, you know, people want to see what exactly they have with Johnson. I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't know. For me, I just I like I like having a veteran safety back there. Uh, you know, he's older than Dean Marlowe, who I think Marlowe and Coleman are kind of flip a coin. Um, Marlowe appeared a little bit more and uh, on the field this year as a safety. I'm not sure how much more you're going to get out of Marlowe, but I think either him or Kurt Coleman, one of them will be back. I don't see both uh, coming back on a free agent deal uh, with the Buffalo Bills. And I would imagine they're going to lean toward Marlowe because he's a bit more versatile. He played down in the slot a bit and with Coleman being a, a year older, I think this regime values the versatility. Anyway, on to the next. Well, speaking of age, let's go to another of the older players out there. It's Frank Gore. Um, you know, he got a lot of experience uh, on the field. Obviously, he's a, a veteran. He's somebody that a guy like Devin Singletary really looks up to. But I don't think Frank Gore makes any sense to come back, you know, next year. I don't know why the Bills gave so many snaps uh, to him in week 17 and in the playoff game, especially in the third and fourth quarter against the Texans. He was running up the middle and getting one yard or two yards. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a great player. I have a lot of respect for the fact that he basically played almost his whole career on two bum knees after what happened in college. But to me, I say adios to Frank Gore. He needs to retire, I think. And if he's not going to retire, well, Buffalo needs to just uh, thank him for his service this past year. Let him go. Is there anyone else, Jamie, amongst this list of unrestricted free agents that you would bring back that we haven't talked about? Yes, there are two of them. Uh, one of them didn't step foot on the field this season because he got injured in training camp. But I would like to see if you can bring Adrian Waddle back. I think uh, the Bills are going to need some help at the tackle position, and he's the kind of guy who could be a good swing tackle. I say this because I expect the Bills to move Cody Ford to guard. So with Ty and Shecky under contract, I think you're going to want to bring in some competition there. I think Waddle is one of those. Um, the other is Julian Stanford, the inside linebacker. I think that this has been a solid special teams contributor. And while he didn't get on the field very much this season and actually played pretty poorly against uh, the Jets in the season finale. Two seasons ago, he was he was very good when he did get on the field. Well, very good might be a stretch. He was competent when he was on the field, and that's all you really need from a backup player who's not going to see the field too much. Do I think they could improve upon him as a middle linebacker? Yes, but I'm not willing to cut him loose and, you know, hope on that. Bring in the competition and keep the best player. I like what he does on special teams. He actually led the team in special team snaps this year. And that's that says something to me, especially for a coaching staff that 
uh, sees the importance in special teams players. I'm with you on Waddle. I think he has a lot of value to offer, especially being a fourth tackle. And if you do move forward to a guard position, then he's your third tackle behind Deion Dawkins and Ty and Shecky, who, of course, is getting up there in age. I think he'll be 35 when the season starts next year. And, you know, I agree. Waddle was somebody I was excited to see what he could bring uh, coming over from New England. I thought that he really has a lot of untapped potential, and I wouldn't mind them bringing him back on a pretty team-friendly deal. To me, when it comes to the special team linebacker conversation, I'm a little bit more in camp Maurice Alexander than I am in Julian Stanford, but it's a it's a close it's a close race. The only reason I like Alexander more is I think he has more to offer as a linebacker than a special teamer, and I feel like you can find plug-and-play guys on special teams to really step up and contribute. Julian Stanford is a good special teamer. You're right. He had 72% of the snaps on special teams last year. Uh, His linebacking career is not much to really write home about. So if you're going purely on special teams, Stanford's your guy. To me, if you want to get someone who can both play special teams and be a decent linebacker, Maurice Alexander is the guy that you bring back of those two. And uh, other than that, the rest of the unrestricted free agents, I don't think um, are going to come back. Cinerese Perry, they can find a guy who is a special teamer and a backup running back on the street. I, I don't think he really brings that much to the table. So that will wrap up our unrestricted free agent conversation. Now let's go to the restricted and the exclusive rights. And I mentioned during the open, there's three exclusive rights free agents that are out there. I think the bills are at least going to bring back two of these three. They could bring back all three because for some reason, the bills still have a vast affinity and a fondness for Jason Kroom, the tight end who really has not done much of anything. I don't understand. He must have photos. He must have seen something that he shouldn't have seen because the Bills stash Kroom on the IR at the beginning of the season. And he's always been this like, unknown commodity if he could only stay healthy or if they only had a competent quarterback I just don't know where Jason Kroom fits on the roster now the only thing that's in his favor is it's not going to cost much at all to bring back him Robert Foster and Levi Wallace the three uh the three uh exclusive rights free agents that the Bills have. I I think for me, bringing back Levi and Robert is a no-brainer. Robert Foster is an outstanding gunner, a great contributor on special teams, didn't get many targets. Um, I mean, he he was Josh Allen's deep threat. The uh, the first half of the season didn't haul in any of those passes. I believe he only had five catches on the year, so his future seems to really be tied more towards special teams, and we covered Levi Wallace, what he brings to the team as a cornerback. Would you bring back all three of those guys, Jamie, or only two? Well, I can't imagine a training camp without Jason Kroom. It just wouldn't feel right, would it? I, I, we've grown accustomed to it. It's He's like the great tight end myth out there, you know, is but, but between Tyler Croft, Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney and Lee Smith, the Bills have so much competition at tight end. I just don't know where Kroom's position is going to be on this team. It's crowded and it's probably time to uh, just, you know, let him go, Let let him see if he can find another job out there. This is the type of position where with the number of guys that they have on the roster who could potentially, you know, be on the field. I think this is the the kind of position where in his place you bring in an undrafted free agent and see what see what they've got. Um, maybe somebody can find themselves on the practice squad, but uh, yeah, you don't need Jason Kroom. As for the others, you know, 
they've been contributors at different points. You might as well bring them back and allow them to compete for a position on the team. It's not gonna it's not gonna cost you much money, and you know you got to have. You got to have 90 people in for training camp, so might as well bring in the people that are familiar with the system. Now, the last guy on our list, Jamie, is the only restricted free agent on the team. He's a guy who I think has sneaky value. People have been arguing on social media that you can easily replace his contributions, but I don't know. I'm kind of in the camp of let's bring back Isaiah McKenzie uh, for a a contract that's pretty team friendly. I can't imagine he's going to command massive money on the free agent market. Uh, His numbers are are, are decent. I mean, last year he caught 27 passes for 254 yards and a touchdown pass. He rushed eight times for 49 yards on those jet sweeps. Those are not eye popping numbers, but I think he's a versatile offensive weapon that this team is pretty familiar with and they know what they're going to get. So I see, um, I see him coming back. I see McKenzie coming back and having a longer career in Buffalo. What about you? I think that you're going to see a lot of adjustments to the wide receivers in this offseason. It obviously was a position that was not very deep beyond, well, really beyond John Brown and Cole Beasley. There, there wasn't much production. Um, I, I think that you have to keep competition in the room, but I think that you're going to see that competition look very different. You'll probably get an original round tender on Isaiah McKenzie, but I don't think that they'll be upset if he signs uh, a deal elsewhere. But I, I think you're going to see them make a at least a small effort to bring him back. And I do believe, yeah, McKenzie was drafted in the fifth round out of Georgia. So that's what it would cost that that kind of value would come with uh, making a tender to uh, to McKenzie. I, I could see it being a 50-50 proposition. I just like the guy. I think he'd be a good guy to bring back on the team. And you mentioned the the competition out there. I mean, we'll see what Duke Williams, we have all spring to talk about the Duke Williams phenomenon and what he's going to make uh, for the roster next year and his implications on the field. But to me, I would bring back McKenzie, and uh, and with that, Jamie, we've we've made our way through all of our you know sixteen free agents that the Bills have their decisions to make. There's obviously some tough choices. Um, it's a business. The team will do what they need to do to put the best product on the field. If you have any comments on uh, what the Bills should do with their free agents, again, feel free to hit us up on social media or make a comment on the story when it posts on Buffalo Rumblings later on this weekend. But uh, always a good time having Jamie D'Amico on here talking Buffalo Bills free agents. We will be back next week with our latest edition of the Bill Leave podcast. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend.